This is the Four Man Rush. Hello, Panther fans, and welcome to another podcast of the Four Man Rush. I'm your host, Timmy Vio, here with three of the four gentlemen. We have Larry, Kevin, and Canardo, a.k.a. Kenny G, is up in the building today, and we're going to talk Panther football. Um, we're still playing. We might not be winning, but we're still playing the game, folks. Um, a lot of changes have occurred since the last podcast. Um, well, somewhat. Not not a lot, but some changes. Um, but, yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into the uh, the back and forth um, between some of the some of the players and the coaching staff. And, uh, you know, if you guys didn't know, okay, Kevin, uh, Will, and Larry all were down in OATL for the uh, for the Falcons game, and they dropped in at Cam Newton's establishment known as Fellowship, and they actually got to sit and chat with the man. Um, so we'll we'll uh, we'll let let Larry and uh, Kevin hopefully will be in here later on, but we'll talk let them talk about that, and uh, we have some fan questions that we're going to answer. We're going to start doing that a lot more. Um, we'll have some more details on that. And then we'll talk about a Seattle game. <laughs> and you know, we got blood, bad blood between Seattle and us. So, you know, I'm not going to say we're going to get blown out, even though they've blown us out before, who knows? But, uh, you know, things happen, you know, any given Sunday. So we'll talk about the Seattle game too. So thanks as always for coming on and checking us out. And now we're going to get down to work. What's up? So, um, Kadano, I'll let you start off with the Atlanta game. Um, you and I weren't weren't able to be there, so you know we we, we had to sit at home and take this this nonsense <laughs> in our homes instead of in the stands. But um, give give us your spill on on on, uh, on the Atlanta game, uh, Ken. Man, once again, it was just a game that was plagued with self inflicted wounds, terrible defense, and turnovers. Man, you know that that's really been the story of our season. You know, of course, we started off pretty good, but you know, over the last several weeks, man, that's what I, you know, that's what's been happening. You know, we had four turnovers. You had two picks by Allen. You had a fumble by Allen that resulted in a 46-yard uh, drive, capped off by a 13-yard run by Devontae Freeman. And then you had a fumble by Dortch on a kickoff, which caused him to be cut this week. So mm-hmm. that's really, in a nutshell, what happened over the week. Um, we allowed 461 total yards, all damn near 500 yards we allowed. I mean, I, we we might as well start playing the game with the defense called, you know, what what's stronger than the defense, the Carolina Panthers defense? And one that I would have to say is Phillip Rivers' pullout game. Oh. That, that's stronger than the Carolina <laughs> Panthers defense at this point. So we can go on and on and on about this. But if they want to play like this, this is the type of games we're going to start playing with. Get them. Because they're not showing up. 461 yards that they allowed this weekend. After you got blown out by the guys, what, 29-3 the first time around? And I, I could talk about the game all damn day. You know, we, we can go off statistics and things like that, but let, let's really get to the root of it right now. Let, let's do that for a little bit. Um, since Super Bowl 50, mm. we are 7-17 seven and 17 against NFC South teams. 7-17. Seven and 17. Jesus. Since Super Bowl 50. I mean, yeah, yeah, everyone likes statistics, right? Let, let's, let's talk yeah, for a little yeah, bit. Speak let's on it, bro. That. Speak on it. And, um, and for a team that once ran the division, that's shameful. That that really is shameful. And those 
And four out of those seven games that we won, those were against the bottom tier teams in the division that season. So this team has, I mean, it's, it's not protecting their house. They're not performing in the division. They look pathetic at this point. And I know the fans get tired of us talking week after week after week. You know, the different things that other teams are exploiting out of us, our different weaknesses and things like that. It gets old after a while. It really does. And I expect in them, after Revere got fired, for them to put up a little bit of fight. And they did at the beginning of the game. It was kind of uneventful. And uh, we were just talking before, you know, it was 10-10 it was at one point. But mm-hmm. this is what they've allowed. I mean, does I can't get over the 461 yards that they allowed, man. And this, uh, we'll talk more about the Dante Jackson situation. Uh, well, we sure The are. longest touchdown pass that Matt Ryan threw, 93 yards. And I understand, you know, there was some truth to what he was saying. There was some truth where he said that, you know, uh, you you kind of put the cornerbacks in a vulnerable position. Okay, that there's some truth to that, but there's the time and the place for everything. Mm-hmm. And the time is probably not to be talking to the media because you already know what's going to happen there. They're going to twist up your words, and the next day you're going to wake up and see ESPN, and you're going to see you're going to realize you made a very bad mistake. And if you want me to keep it real with you, Perry, I'm talking to you, man. Mm. If you don't sit him down right now, mm. I got questions, man. I got questions about your leadership. If you let him just go off on your coaching staff like that and you don't take any action against him, take some action against Action Jackson and sit his ass on that bench until he gets his mind straight and he realizes that you don't call out your coaching staff like that after the game. And I realize he didn't mean any harm by that. But at the same time, you know, he has to be smart enough to realize, okay, I made a mistake. Things happen. Let me keep my damn mouth shut. And for the simple fact, hey, Ron Revere, for the most part, he didn't allow that mess, you know, because uh, Larry and I were talking before the game, and I remember we were talking about there's really some similarities between him and Josh Norman, him getting put in the doghouse, and you see what happened there. Ron Revere handled business. So I'm, I'm, I'm expecting Perry to do the same. I hope so. Because if he doesn't, I got questions, and I don't think you deserve a chance at that head coach position. I don't want to go too much in, into this game because it's the same the same thing we're talking week after week after week. Hmm. I feel you, man. Terrible defense. They're not executing. And it, it's, just, it's just pathetic, man. You you got people that out there, you know, McCaffrey, he, he's doing well. He didn't do all that well this game. But over the last several weeks in this, this entire season, he's carried this team. Oh, man. Heck yeah. But it's week after week they're making the same mistakes. It's all about execution. And when before those turnovers, they were in it. They were in it. You had a chance to win. But this, once again, this team finds a way to shoot themselves in the foot. And I get tired of talking about it every day. But I already told you what the statistics were as far as the NFC South. That right there, that that's just that's Browns type level. You yes. know what I'm saying? That <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. Yes. And I know the fans are tired of it. We're tired of it. We're tired of talking about this, man. You know, we want to see some type of change. Yes. And if you don't change some things up this weekend, man. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we we we're gonna talk about the Seahawks. We we're gonna get to that, man. But this mm. is it's not gonna be pretty. And Bank of America Stadium this weekend if you don't make some changes. Mm-hmm. And I realized that Rome was not built overnight, but wow, that that's all I got to say right now, man. Mm. I understand, man. I, I'm I, I feel you, bro. I'm totally with you, especially the way we started out, man. We were com- it seemed like we were we were going to be competitive throughout the game, and it's just yikes. Um, Kev, yeah, as far as the game aspect goes, uh, me and me and Will, we were. 
Uh, we was in section 347 at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Here at the four-man rush, we're going to keep it real. Yeah, it's the home of the Atlanta Falcons, but uh, anyone that ever gets a chance to go to that uh, stadium to watch us play the Falcons, it's definitely worth it. That's a nice, state-of-the-art, uh, high-tech stadium, uh, well put uh, together. It was my first time um, going to this uh, stadium. Last time I went was in the Georgia Dome when uh, – mm. When when Julio had 300 yards, that was the last time that I uh, that I went to Atlanta to watch uh, the game live and in person. Mm. But you know, I, I really can't say nothing different. I haven't said during this losing streak here about what I'm seeing. You know, Carnado was you know spot on. You know, it's the same old same old issues. Offensive line, you know, being more often on with their blocking assignments. I mean, what, what, Kyle Allen got set, what, five times? Now, I will, I want to come to defense. I would say two or three of those sets could have been avoided if he would have got rid of the ball because he's definitely holding on the ball entire too long, looking for something deep rather than just taking what's available because several times, you know, throughout the game, men will just kept noticing players was open. Kyle Allen was just, I, I, I can't explain it. I, when y'all when y'all find out, y'all let me know mm. what it was. So, it was, you know, like I said, competitive first half. It was 13-10 going into half. Panthers get the ball to start the second half. Uh, first few plays, we're getting first downs, and then, boom, turnover starts to avalanche. Falcons outscore us 27-10 in, uh, in the second half, and uh, that's why the score ended up 40-20. to but I see what this team is. They're not quitting, but they're just simply they're just outmatched and outgunned. And you know, you're still seeing some hero ball by some players trying to overcompensate for the obvious known weaknesses. You know, I hate the fact that the word has gotten around the league that you know when you watch us on film that we come off as soft, particularly in the trenches. Me myself being a uh, being a lineman playing both sides of the ball. You know, me and Larry both, you know, trenches is where where our heart and our soul when it comes to football has always been. The last thing you want to be known as is soft. And the word for the 2019 Carolina Panthers, particularly in the trenches, is that we're soft on both sides of the ball. And teams have no problem keeping it simple, lining it up, one, two tight ends and a fullback, and just ramming it down our throats. Teams have no problem you know, sending five, six um, defenders at us because they know we're not able to maintain our blocks. So it's just, it's a, you know, it's like it's like trying to catch water with a paper towel. Mm. <laughs> That's pretty much what it comes down to. Mm. And quite frankly, hey, I'm going to keep it real. I'm keep pounding. I'm going to be at the game like I'm always uh, this weekend when we play Seattle. Uh, I'll probably be somewhere else when we play at the Colts, and I'll be at the game for the last one. I'm still going to support my team. I'm unconditional. I survived 1-15 in 2001, and I survived 2-14 in 2010. So this current 5-8 and eight is not going to run me off. But it's to the point where my optimism is gone. I'm just looking forward to... Like you guys said, the opportunity for young guys to get some playing time and 
And, uh, yeah, man, let's just start the damn offseason. That's pretty much where I'm at right now. <laughs> and it kills me to say that because when we're heading into this season, at the dreaded words on paper, we look like that we would be a team challenging to, uh, to have a seat at the playoffs. Mm. And, uh, hey, it didn't work out that way for, for numerous odd reasons, but – you know, if, if, if it took this ugly truth to 2019 to finally shake the mediocrity out of this franchise, then so be it. You know, let, let the chips fall what they may. Let's reshuffle the deck and let's start all over. Amen. Larry. Well, you guys have known for the last couple of weeks that I'm pretty much done talking about football. But <laughs> I will comment on things that I did notice. I'll start by saying I had a great weekend with the fellas, man. We got to go to... One of the most famous sports bars in Atlanta is called the U-Bar. If you haven't been to Atlanta, but you love women, that's somewhere you need to go. Mm. Yes, Lord. We also got to go to a fellowship and kick it with Cam for a little while. I actually met another little celebrity. I don't know if guys watch basketball, but Jim Jackson was there. Shit, for real? Former Ohio State Buckeye. Yeah. Uh, he had about 12 seasons in the NBA. Yeah. We talked extensively for about five or ten minutes. Oh, nice. Then, um... Just had a ball, you know, but I'm trying to focus on positive before I get to the negative. But um, <laughs> Stay there as long as possible. Get, let me just get straight to it. Dante Jackson was my favorite draft pick in mm. his draft class. I mm. was very pleased with what I saw on tape. Everybody knows I'm a big fan of LSU DBs, even though I'm a trench guy. I've got record of me going in his DM, wishing him luck, uh, encouraging him, giving him big things to say. One of the things I love about him is – you know, his ability to trash talk. He has a lot of confidence with his, with himself. I'm a confident person as well. But there's a thin line between being confident and arrogant. And I think he's at a point where he's arrogant. And arrogance doesn't win, in my opinion, especially in the game of football. Amen. Now we're at a point where it's not like you're just talking trash. You're just talking to talk. Everything coming out of your mouth, you're not even backing it up anymore. And then to attack the coaching staff, that's just something that bothers me. You know, I know we were going to, talk about Dante later, but like I said, I don't have much football to talk about anymore. I'm talking about confidence. I'm talking about character at this point. Just like Cornardo uh, said, he needs to be humble. Somebody needs to sit him down. I don't think it's ironic that Ron gets fired and a week later, this is when guys just start showing their ass. Mm. Please excuse my language. That just tells you about the kind of coach that Ron was. You know, he was able to to make control, maintain control of a locker, a locker room with a lot of different kind of guys in there, even with Cam. So I, I, I do miss Ron. I'm not saying that was a mistake, but definitely the leadership right now is missing, and that had a lot to do with probably why the way we played the way we played. Mm. Uh, Kyle Allen, same guy. You know, he's a formidable backup. Uh, when Will and Kevin told me how long it was taking him to get through weed, uh, through reads, that's just telling me you're not progressing, man. It's just I want to see guys improve, and that leads to my next point. Let's get to these young guys. Let me see what we have in the roster moving forward. Exactly. No, I know DJ's trying to, you know, I think he passed a thousand yards. He's trying to have a career season. But let me see what DeAndre uh what DeAndre White had. Look at the offensive line. Let me see what Garrett McGinn has. Let me see what Jermaine Carter has. Let me see what Andre Smith has. Let me see what Jordan has. Jordan uh Kanasi. I just want to see what we have in the roster at this point. Winning is Far out of the question. I don't care if we win or lose at this point. I want to see what kind of talent we have so we can know as four-man rush how we can foresee us addressing the roster in the offseason. 
I'm just extremely frustrated, man. I never feel like this. I love football. My college team sucks. My NFL team sucks. I'm just here for the ride at this point. I just like I'm just watching the watch. I'm hoping my fantasy team wins. <sighs> but I'm tired of this mediocre feeling, man. We're not even the worst team in the league. So we're gonna get end up with a a mid round pick. Yep. All for nothing. Like I, I just listen. We came into the season saying that this was the most talented roster we ever had. Sure did. If you look at previous recent seasons, 2013, 2015, Cam didn't even have nobody to throw to in 15. He made things happen with Jericho Cotri and, and a guy that's not even in the league no more, Corey Brown. Mm-hmm. So to have this kind of talent at receiver, you know, to have this kind of talent in your defensive backfield, when have we ever had this kind of defensive backfield? When? Ever. In every era of the Carolina Panther football, you can pick out one or two guys. You can say, oh, we had a great safety, Mike Mentor. Mm-hmm. A few years later, oh, we had a great corner, Chris Gamble. Mm-hmm. We've been putting it together with off-the-street, undrafted guys for years. Mm-hmm. I still got Melvin White bad, like that bad feeling in my face. Like, remember how Steve Smith did him? Oh. We've never had a great secondary. I'm not saying this secondary was great, but you know what? The talent was there to be great, yeah. and we failed. Yeah. We've never had this kind of roster before, and for it to come out to be a five-win team, I'm just highly disappointed, man. That's all I got to say. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Go ahead, Kev. Yeah, and to uh, just to feed off, you know, what you asked me earlier. I'm sorry I didn't uh, elaborate on the second part. Uh, as far as the experience um, in Atlanta, going hanging out with the fellas, you know, we brought it to you guys four-man rush style. You know, Will flew in from Miami. Uh, I picked him up from the airport that uh, Saturday morning. Um, you know, we grabbed us some grub at IHOP. You know, got situated for the room, and you know, and we uh, met up at the U uh, bar, and you know, enjoyed watching the uh, watching the football games, the uh, SEC championship between LSU and Georgia. Saw some good potential NFL prospects. True. Saw a few guys in that game. I wouldn't. I would love to have on our team next year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then like I said, we uh, we took it over to a fellowship. Now I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna put myself on blast for this. Like I said, we we keep it real at the four man rush. <laughs> I read on the website what the dress code was for fellowship, and I was nowhere near the dress code what it was. And I was kind of thinking like, man, I need to go buy this. Or I need to do that if I'm gonna go and. Well, it was just like, man, let's just go by there and see, man. I mean, if, if they tell us no, then oh well, so be it. So, you know, had we had they had Will and Larry listen to me, we probably would have missed out on missing Cam because you know, I, you know, I'm thinking this about a book, you know, saying no sports gear, no, um, what was it, gym shoes, no ball caps. You know, and y'all saw the pictures. You know, we wearing hoodies and mm-hmm. sweats. <laughs> you know, we you know we looking like the old nineties naughty by nature video. You know what I'm saying? So, but you know, the whole thing almost didn't happen. But you know, I'm glad that uh, we listened to Will. So let me give him his props for you know being persistent about let's let us go and uh, let's give a shout out also to our diehard Panther fan from Canada, Mike Rowe, who came on down. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's a big podcast listener. So, Mike Rowe, I'm going to personally give you a shout-out. Appreciate you always supporting the four-man rush, even though we don't always see eye-to-eye on certain things. But, you know, nobody travels harder and supports the team from such a long distance like you. You went to five games this year. 
Uh, only saw one win. That was when you went to Arizona. So, again, it was a pleasure to uh, be in your presence, and it was good that you met my other four-man rush brothers. And, uh, yeah, but uh, but overall, man, it was just it was just a good time, man. And I definitely look forward to a four-man rush uh, in the 2020 season, meeting up maybe for a few more uh, road games as well as some home games as well. But, you know, when I'm with my brothers, man, it's, it's a bond like no other, and, and we just enjoy it. Our fans following us and supporting us and and uh, making us enjoy what we do. Hey Kevin, if I can add a couple of points, you know I don't want to toot I don't want to toot Cam's horn too much, but I live here in Atlanta, well in the Atlanta area. Fellowship just became my spot. Like I I like to dress up, so that gives gives me a reason, you know, to dress up a little bit. And honestly, for it to be so upscale, everything was reasonable. Like it's like it's one of those places where you get a whole bunch of quality for a reasonable price. Like it, the cigar selection was outstanding. I can go to my local smoke shop, and I don't get that kind of selection of cigars, you know. And the food I, I imagine was great. I know you guys had some food there. I wasn't even hungry, but the atmosphere overall—that's the place I like to be. You know, it's definitely a place I'm going to go to again. I'm going to continue to support Cam, whether he's a Panther, a Panther or not. No doubt. Fellowship is probably the best place I've been in Atlanta. I've been here for five years. Wow. Yeah, it definitely was. And I'm looking forward to uh, coming back to Atlanta myself and, and and hitting up that spot. You know, maybe I can uh maybe I can uh, uh snag Kenny G and bring him along with us, man. I mean he's he's been my cigar guru that I've been going to and uh you know, let me put it out there. You know, I got the virgin lungs per se. You know, this is my only Third time ever smoking a cigar, but you know, hey, it, it was the atmosphere. Uh, I enjoyed it. I told the guy, "Look, man, I'm a beginner with this, but you know, I just want to, you know, enjoy the experience." So he broke it down to me, told me different type of cigars and the different flavors. I ended up getting like a chocolate and caramel flavored cigar. Mm. It was only like 14 bucks. I had got an order of chicken wings that was like 11 bucks. So, like Larry was saying, man, I mean. It's an upscale place as far as decor and, and atmosphere, but the prices were reasonable. The atmosphere was nice, and the DJ had all the good mix of music, both you know old school and new. Mm. And, uh, hey, I got to keep it real. The women of Atlanta, mwah, love it. Loved it. My four eyes was full. Do you hear me? <laughs> I was nearsighted and farsighted looking around. At fellowship, I'm trying to tell you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Easy, big fella. But, Easy. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, Canardo, you a you a cigar connoisseur? You got to come out to fellowship, man. We we ain't got to wait to the uh, 2020 season, bro. You gotta, yeah, I man. You got to make some plans to catch this ride, bro. I don't yeah. know if y'all know, but Will said he coming next week. <laughs> so we'll <laughs> Damn, probably be, we'll probably be back at fellowship next weekend. To be honest with you guys. Oh man. So Ken, I, I didn't know you were. Uh... Uh, well versed in the uh, cigar world. Yeah, yeah, I've been smoking them for about five years now. You know, uh, there's so many different kinds. Uh, you have the acids; those are that's probably what Kevin was talking about just now. Is some flavor to it, so that's one of my favorites right there. If you're out and about, you don't want to uh, offend anyone at the bar. Mm -hmm. You definitely want to smoke something sweet, cherry, caramel, something of that nature. Mm -hmm. You have your mild. Uh, you have your medium body. So, I mean, I know Larry probably knows a little bit as well, man. But um, I try to stick to more like the mild and the medium body. I don't want anything too harsh. Mm. The full body, man, if you if you smoke one of those, that's almost like drinking liquor to a certain extent. Mm. Man, you, man, it's, man, 
yeah so i definitely try to stay away from full body but uh man just so many mm. different kinds cohibas are pretty good those are kind of upscale and expensive mm. and twenty dollars a stick for some of those but mm. yeah definitely the acids the mild and the medium body that's what i kind of go for i love i love some flavor i just don't want to get drunk off of them right especially if i'm already drinking <laughs> yeah exactly. hey i had a i had an acid the acid i had was it had 12 different flavors in it jesus wow, i highly recommend flavors. it from see when you go to when you go to pick out the cigar in that spot cam actually has a guy that's there just to help you pick out cigars that's what he does so mm. he asked me some questions about what i'm into see growing up what we, what we use cigars for is breaking you know yeah. Roll weed at the cigar. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, keep it 100, man. You know, I, you know. That's all I've been <laughs> for. But, you know, the, the guy actually smoking, the guy had a lot of great advice, a lot of good recommendations for my taste. And I was very, very pleased, man. Very pleased. I got, it got to the point, man. I woke up this, I woke up the next morning. I went to KNG Benswear, bought me some ties and bought me some socks. So that's just how, how passionate I am about this. I'm definitely going to be visiting this place a lot more. That's what's up. Now, I'll be in that. Yeah. And I, Oh, I'm sorry. And I was gonna say real quick, uh, Canardo. I, I went and got. I I kept <laughs> the last piece of my cigar for this moment, bro. So uh, y'all, you know, for you connoisseurs, forgive my ignorance, but uh, I'm trying to see what type this is. On one side, it says uh, Hicho uh, Mango, and on the other side, it says Esteli Nicaragua. So I don't know if that's a certain type or brand. Uh, Echo, whatever. Echo, that's, that means made in. So it was it was made in some 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 city in Nicaragua. The Echo was made in. It's Spanish for for made in or assembled in. Oh, okay, okay, but yeah, I uh, yeah, I say the last little bit. I ain't gonna lie. I'm gonna sit out on the front porch and probably uh light it up and get this last little piece of it off. But uh, yeah. I had to save it, man. Like shit, I'm at Cam Newton. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool, man. That's all right, bro. That's all right. Um, so, um, fans, listeners, um, we're going to start intermingling um, fan questions um, in this portion of the podcast. Um, you know, we'll 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 start kicking off, of course, with the previous game or previous news or things of that nature, um, and then we'll talk about what questions you guys have um, directly. And then we'll get into the next game and and um, other portions of of the podcast. But right now we're going to talk about um, fan questions. And I believe Kevin, you have the email of one of one of our one of our our uh, our good fans, very loyal fan. Um, her uh, her Instagram handle I forget, um, but. No, a, a lot of these questions are coming from our Instagram listeners. Um, they're they're awesome. Um, and some Facebook um, questions have been coming through as well throughout the season too. So um, we always like to get questions from you guys so we can so we can uh, talk about it, discuss it, get it out there, and you know um, have you guys intermingled with with this podcast. Now this it's about Panther fans. It's not just about us, right? We provide the platform, but it's really about you guys. All right, so so we we'll, we'll we're gonna start taking questions, answering questions, giving shout outs, and all that good stuff. Um, so, Kev, um, do do you have the question available? Yeah, I have the email and everything right here. And you know, just for clarity, the uh, the IG handle for this listener is I am Genesis One. Yeah, uh, this is a. Uh, personal female friend of mine that I've known for several years, uh, very passionate, very diehard 
Uh, she's a PSL owner, just like myself. Uh, she's at every game, so that's what's up. Uh, yeah, she's the one that uh, hit me up and you know sent me the email and told me. Now it's it's kind of lengthy, so but I had to express how I felt it. That's so all right. that's you know, all right. um, I kind of skimmed it down to you know for the sake of time, but make sure I wanted to get it come across. Sure. Uh, she uh, she had five questions. I asked her one of her questions one on one, and you know we can kind of you know have a you know, a little rapid fire with these uh, with these questions and, you know, go from there, Tim. Cool. Sounds great, bro. Yeah, go for it, bro. <laughs> All right. So um, here's how the email starts off. Uh, again, this is from uh, I am Genesis one on IG. Appreciate it. She Jake. says, first of all, I would like to commend all of you for coming together to talk about my favorite subject. Carolina Panthers football. Yeah. This industry that you are building is long overdue. Hats off to each one of you gentlemen. So that's, that's we want to thank you uh, for for, the, for saying that. Appreciate that. And so she says, so right now I want to ask the questions about the future of the Carolina Panthers. Mm. So her first point was this. And it says, from what I hear on the podcast, you stand in agreement with Tepper's decision of parting ways with Coach Ron Rivera. No, I don't agree, but it's not all on the coach. I don't hear anyone saying anything about the other assistant coaches who are in charge of these horrible plays. Uh, there are other coaches and coordinators on this team that deal with the execution of these plays as well. How Allen said in his press conference that he found out about Coach Ron departure through the Panthers app while other players were on break from practice. I feel this is very unprofessional and disrespectful, in my opinion. Mm. I feel like he must do things in decency and order. Mm. Why he didn't tell the staff after practice when everyone else was there, but wait until your staff and players were gone. Uh, if you knew all eyes were going to be on you, you should have acted um, as such. So basically, to sum it up, she uh that was her question you know about the handling of rivera getting fired and why was it done particularly on a tuesday when nobody was there there was no practice uh kyle allen mentioned that he found out on the panthers out so you know if everybody want to you know shoot a quick round of you know your opinion assessment on it um feel free to do so i'll go ahead and start because i'm 100 percent with her yeah um out of the out of the the whole entire four-man rush i'm probably the biggest ron supporter um, I didn't agree with the firing, but I support any move that the team makes. There's a lot of fans that are completely supportive of Tapper, which I am because he's the owner. I don't have a choice. They say, oh, he's a big hedge fund. Uh, ran, he ran a hedge fund or yeah. he's a businessman. He's a billionaire. Yeah. All the owners are billionaires, to be honest with you. So a couple of them had it passed down to him. But, you know, you got everybody to be a billionaire has to make good decisions. Yeah. But. My biggest concern going into this change was I didn't notice it was a co a coaching thing. I didn't think it was a Ron Rivera thing. And I, you kind of see that with the things that have happened recently. Like, nobody would ever speak out on the coaching staff with Ron there. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as he's gone, that's when Dante Jackson wants to come out talking out his face. So, you know, I think Ron's Ron is really underappreciated. I think he's one of the best coaches in the league. And it just goes to show you know, he wasn't valued, so you had to move on. I'm not going to point fingers at the other coaches, though. You know, he made changes. I'm a big fan of the positional coaches that we have on staff. I am questionable about Eric Washington being a defensive coordinator. 
Um, I haven't been completely on board with Norm Turner's decision making. And the fact that Scott got his opportunity, you know, kind of shined a light on how I felt. Mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, Curtis Samuel, he's a playmaker. He's an explosive playmaker. Why aren't they doing more to get him the ball? And what do you see when, when uh, Scott takes over? He's taking carries. He's getting rotated into the backfield, mm-hmm. taking the load off of Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. So I think we do have the answers, at least some of our answers on the staff. But it's very clear from a front office perspective the best decisions haven't been being made. Interesting. Uh, Cam, Kevin, either you guys want to go first or second, I should say? Um, okay. Yeah. Uh, I think that she's right in a lot of what she was saying. You know, there, obviously there's some things that I don't agree with. Um, and I'll have to agree with Larry, you know, as far as the, the assistant coaches, you know, you don't want to put too much blame on them. I've said this a million times and I'll say it one more time. You know, you, you got the captain of the ship. And at the end of the day, that's what Ron Rivera is. I'll, I'll admit I've been a harsh critic of Ron Rivera over the years. And a lot of it was rightfully so. You know, I think he was a great coach. I've said this many times. He's done some great things for us. But sometimes a message gets stale. And, you know, it's, it's definitely a reflection of the assistant coaches. You know, obviously, you know, you can't blame it on one person. But, you know, if you're a leader, every leader knows that, you know, heavy is the head that wears the crown. And when things go wrong, you know, that, that person has to take, you know, some responsibility. So at the end of the day, that's what it is. I hate that that's how Kyle Allen had to find out about how his coach got fired. Yeah, I was jacked up. You know, on the app. <laughs> that, that's messed up. It's called for what it is. I think that, you know, they definitely could have handled that situation a lot better. But as far as, you know, David Tepper, I, I do trust him with what he's trying to do, you know, where he comes from, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers. But when you make a decision like that to hire, to fire such a, a great coach, like you better be right. That's all I can really say about that. You better be right about this decision or there will be questions about him, too, because mm-hmm. he's going to be a coach somewhere else. And he's not only going to be a coach there, but he's going to take that team places, mm-hmm. whether he goes to the New York Giants, whether he goes to the Chicago Bears, wherever he decides to go, he's going to do some great things. So when you make a big decision like that at, at that time and at an odd time that people feel, you got to be right with that. You know, this has to be a team. That I'm not saying that they have to go out and win the Super Bowl next season or, or go deep in the playoffs. But in two or three years or something like that, and this is going to be a process, you got to see some improvement. You got to start seeing some improvement next year, or, or you're going to get started questioned by the fans. Hey, you know, you, you fired Ron Rivera. You felt this type of way about him, but hey, there, there's no improvement. We're not seeing that. So this guy is very knowledgeable. I know he's in the analytics and things of that nature. A lot of people really not hip to that right now. Um, you know, I feel like I definitely don't want to go too far with the analytics because I think there's a time and a place for that as well. You don't want to get too out of control with that. But I understand where he's going as far as that. That is the future. But, man, definitely, man, you know, hey, uh, she, she that was definitely a great response by her. Uh, she yeah. had a lot of good points right there. But, yeah. you know, some of them I definitely don't agree with. Man, uh, as far as the coaches, you know, the assistant coaches, I wouldn't go as far as to put too much blame. You, you got to look at your leader at the end of the day. Any leader is going to understand what I just said. Mm-hmm. That's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Kev? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah, I'm I, I pretty much in agreement with you guys. Um, 
And her second point here, like I said, I just want to make sure I touch on it since this was a, she took the time to, she said it took her three days to put this together. So again, I'm just going to get to the point. But like I said, she has a lot of passion. That's all right. Canardo, it's it's funny. You you kind of foreshadowed this next question. So we should all have something to say about this. And she says on her second point, she said, I heard Kev, me, say in Tepper we trust, which is something I have said, but would you trust him if he got rid of Cam and makes Will Grid a new quarterback? Or while we are in the offseason, search for a new quarterback and even a whole new um, team. We all know that Callis makes some careless plays, but he is only listening to the offensive coordinator, which which calls the plays. Yes, you may mention something about the salary cap. However, Tepper has money, money, so he can do what he wants, salary cap or not. I feel like Tepper is like Joe Clark in Lean on Me. Nobody knows what he's doing. I feel like on the offseason, there are going to be big changes to the whole staff and team. If you listen to one of his interviews, he said this is his team, not Jerry Richardson's team anymore. So on this second point about Mr. Tepper, fellas, how do y'all, and even you, Tim, if you like to chime in, what, how do y'all sure. feel about it? Um, when it when it comes when it comes to Tepper and and that and that aspect of what she's saying, um, it depends, right? And the only reason I say that is is because at the end of the day, it's about winning games. If and I hate to say this because I love Cam, he, he he's dynamite, and you know what Julius Pepper said about him was, was was spot on. You don't get a rid of you don't get a rid of talent like this. It's, this is a once in a lifetime talent, but. If that's what happens, predicated on what she said, if if we put Will in, in this starting position and we haven't addressed that O-line and we haven't addressed our stopping the run, it ain't going to matter. It ain't going to matter. Uh, and Tepper, Tepper mentioned that, you know, it's going to take a while for, for things to come into place to to make a winning formula work. Um, so, y- you know, he's cautious about pulling too many pieces out the way. Um but again, if if whatever he does, if that's Will Greer putting in place, and we trade Cam, and we get this cap, um, this, this added cap, um, cap room, and and we plug in holes and things of that nature, and we start winning games, I ain't got no problem with it. I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you, I ain't got no problem with it because at the end of the day, it's about winning games. Now, with that being said, I don't see how in the world we get rid of Cam Newton. And win games. I don't see it. I don't. I don't see it. Not with the the coaching change. Not with the the the, the way the defense is panning out right now. The way the offensive line is playing. I, I mean, I don't. It's 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 a it's a, it's it's going to be a, it's going to be an issue if we get rid of Cam and and try to try to change the entire entire face of this this franchise. Um, and quite honestly, folks, and we 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 mentioned this before. Let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. Right, um, putting Will Grid at the starting quarterback position is great if you got Christian McCaffrey behind you. My problem is if Cam's not here and we're relying on Christian, right, and we're still not winning games. If you think Christian McCaffrey is going to stick around, <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. You, you talk about you talk about another another once in a lifetime talent. You don't play games with talent like this, folks. You put pieces around these guys to win now. Because if you don't, you're gonna have a disgruntled, a disgruntled, all-pro running back, quarterback, whatever, and and it's, it's gonna it's gonna have a problem in the in the locker room. 
Um, and like 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 we mentioned, folks, you know, Ron Rivera kept he was the glue that kept it together. Obviously, you see, you saw and see now the 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 uh, the attitudes and the personalities in that locker room. It's gonna it's gonna be really interesting to see who we bring in here to run this show. Cause man, I, bruh, this 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 wow wow. Um, I, I trust Tepper. I do. You know, um, but he's right. It's not Jerry Richardson's team. It's his team. Um, and we need to realize where he came from, which is the Steelers organization. This this man ain't going to put up no BS, folks. Should he got rid of Ron like that? I don't think so. Ron's earned more respect than that. He's more respected around that, around the league. But, you know, coming from where Tepper's coming from, and I understand that because I'm a businessman, businessman myself, you never, ever, make emotional decisions when it comes to business. You just don't. You don't cuz you're going to get stuck. And I'm afraid Ron made I think he made a little a little a little too many personal decisions when it came to personnel and coaches and things of that nature um putting the pieces around himself. And I think that that carried over to him um um you know possibly getting fired because he he held on to people too long. Um so that, that's 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 just me. Um that's all I'd say about that. What about you, Cronado? Uh, first of all, repeat after me: Will Greer will never be the starting quarterback in Carolina. Let, let, let's let's <laughs> let's repeat that one more time: Will Greer, Greer will never, never be, be the starting, starting quarterback, quarterback, quarterback in Carolina. We <laughs> have nothing to worry about with that. He's a good kid. Yeah, he may do some things in his career, but one thing he's never going to do is start for a professional team. Okay, wow. now that we got that out of the way. <laughs> I do think Cam Newton is going to stay in Carolina. He just had a successful surgery. Mm-hmm. Everything's going good with that. He's expected to return in the spring. I think Killer Cam is coming back, and he's going to be all right, and he's going to come back with a vengeance. I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan of him, but, you know, you can saw the guys, man. They, they talked to him this weekend. They felt his energy. Yeah. And sometimes, man, when you feel that person's energy and you take their temperature and you see where their mind is at, that, that's a good sign right there. So, mm-hmm. man, just off of that, man, I think, man, just like Tim said, this this team has a ways to go. It's not something that's going to be fixed overnight. It's going to take time. Tepper knows that. You know, it's going to take, I think, personally, it's going to take about two to three years to start seeing, okay, this is what we, where we want the team to be. I yeah. think that's what it's going to take. Yeah. But um, these are the type of things that we really can't worry about right now. This team is a bad team right now as we speak. It's, it's not a very good team. Even in 2015, I knew there were things that, okay, man, this this team needs to be careful and they need to improve on that. And you see what happened the next season. Sure enough. So I think it's just an accumulation of things that's happened over the last several years. And it's kind of been swept under the rug because of some success that they may have had. Going to a Super Bowl, winning the division three years in a row at one point. And when those things happen, you cut, you tend to just sweep it under the rug. But mm-hmm. like my holistic doctor says, you know, if a sickness can turn into a z- disease if it's not treated properly. Truth. And that's, that's that's what's happened to this team. They've been sick for a little while, but because you ignored some of the warning signs, it's turned into a disease. Wow. And when it turns into a disease, now it takes a little bit longer to re- reverse it. Excuse right. me. But, you know, a- anything can be reversed. And I think this team can be reversed as well. But it is going to take time. It's going to take patience. Y'all got to bear with the guy. Like I said, I trust Tepper. I think he's going to do the right thing. I don't think that that was an emotional decision that he made to fire Rivera. That's something that he'd been thinking about. He'd been thinking about doing it for a little while. It was just a thought. 
And then, you know, he, it came to a point where he just saw no. So have faith in your team. Know that Will Greer is never going to be the starting quarterback in Carolina and that everything's going to be all right, man. But you got to be patient, keep supporting the team and positive thoughts as well. Positive thoughts, man. But like, like, uh, well, I mean, my man just said, Timothy, you know, with, with Christian McCaffrey, you got to keep him happy as well. Mm-hmm. You have the pieces in place. You got McCaffrey, you have Luke, you have, you know, there's a lot of talent on this team. Shaq Thompson, we just extended him. Yeah, thank God. You know, they can say what they want to about him. You know, the stiff arm and everything. I know we weren't a fan of that. That can't happen again, Shaq. You got to be better than that. Don't get stiff arm like that again, dog. Come on, man. No, please, st- don't, don't, don't do that, man. Don't, st- don't embarrass us like those that. Those steel shots were horrible, bro. <laughs> the look on his face, man. God, man. The look on his face, man. It was just like, oh, man. It was like one of those stories. You're, you're, you're probably wondering how I got to this point. <laughs> that, that, that's what it looked like when he got stiffed on. But I'm not even going to harp on that, man. I'm not going to play my, my guy like that's that. That's my dude, bro. Just don't let it happen again. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, every, everything's going to be all right. I got all the faith in this world. I think things are – it gets worse before it gets better. And everyone has to realize that it gets worse. But, you know, no matter what state we, we may be in right now, we are in a state of uncertainty. We don't know what's going to happen for sure. All we can do is speculate on a four-man rush or any other platform of what's going to happen. But in my heart of hearts, my gut feeling is that Cam is going to come back, and he's going to come back with a vengeance. And don't be surprised. If he's in the MVP conversation when he comes back, don't be surprised. Ooh, ooh, you heard it here first. This guy has never been in this position before mm-hmm. where he's been out of football for so long and people are countering him out, man. They're saying he's done. Cam, people saying he's done. That's what the streets are saying right now. Cam's done, man. His career is never going to be the same. Mm. Super Bowl 50, you know, the the, the, the Denver Broncos figured him out. Mm. That's it, man. The, the, the teams know him now. They're they, they going to stop him. And don't think for one second that he's not sitting now listening to all of this and he's boiling. He's ready to get back on that field. Mm-hmm. That's just my thoughts on the situation. That's my POV. I'm out with that. Mm-hmm. Right. And real quick on that, Kanata, it's funny you brought that up because with my brief conversation with Cam, I kind of touched on that. Um, I'm going to get to that and then I'm going to follow up your other point real quickly. Uh, when I went up to Cam, this is how the conversation went. You know, once I got my nerves, because like I said, I had to calm the little kid in me down. Because when I saw him, like, oh, snap, that's Cam Newton. You know, but, you know, I'm 40 years old, so I can't be, you know, acting like, you know what I'm saying, I'm four when I see him. So I walked up to him, introduced myself. I said, hey, Cam, what's up? My name's Kevin Avery. Uh, came down here from the Charlotte area, support the team. Uh, we also wanted to come and support your business here. Uh, me, and my, me and my business partners over here, we just wanted to uh, come out and introduce ourselves and, you know, had an opportunity to meet you. He's like, yeah, well, appreciate you coming by and, you know, thanks for coming down and, you know, still showing love for the team. So, yeah, no doubt, Cam. It was it was definitely um, it was something that we had planned months ago when the schedule came out that was going to come down. Uh, but, yeah, man, I just want to let you know that, you know, we support you. Uh, I know you're going through a lot. I know you're hearing a lot. But, Cam, just, man, don't even pay that bullshit no mind. And that's exactly what I said to Cam. Like that, I was like, you're going to bounce back. You come back stronger than ever. And, you know what I'm saying, you're going to make things right. He looked at me and said, oh, I'm not worried about that noise. You best believe it. And when he looked at me and said that, that's all I needed to know. Now, this is my one-on-one conversation with Cam Newton. And just the way that he said that and with the look that he gave me, because, you know, he was looking straight ahead. But when I said that, he just looked me in my eyes man to man and told me, I ain't worried about all this noise. I got this. That's all I needed to know. So... 
you know, you can take it for what it's worth. Uh, Kevin, that ain't really happening. I ain't say that. I ain't, well, whatever. I'm, I was there. So, but yeah, man, I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't be surprised that a healthy Cam Newton doesn't come back and takes the lead by storm in 2020. Uh, as long as we are able to put the other pieces around them, particularly in the trenches to, uh, to make things right. Now, Canard, as far as the other part about the uh, stiff arm by Shaq Thompson, if Will was here, because we talked about it, Will would have said, told you, you know, come in and talk about his leg. Yeah, it looks bad, but he's the only one that's chasing Dare's uh, guys, geese, whatever's when the running back down. Nobody else was yeah. even trying to make a play on the dude. And, yeah. You know, in Will's opinion, you know, Shaq's the third best player on the team behind uh, Chris McCaffrey and Luke Keekley. So, yeah, it may look bad, but hey, you know, I never, you know what I'm saying, talk down on a man that was making an effort to try to, you know, try to make a play. So, uh, just wanted to touch on those two things based off uh, what you said, Cardano. Uh, Larry, go ahead and answer. Oh, hey, man, it's, 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 it's all love at the end of the day. It's, it's, it's entertainment. Uh, but I'm still going to say that can't happen again, brother. Again. <laughs> I got to stand on that, man. Yeah, he is one of the best players on the team. But you don't get stiff arm like that again, man. Don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it. Find find a way, man. Just you know, grab him by the legs or something like that. Do that. He's not a small guy. I got to stand on that, Kevin. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> uh, Larry, go I'll ahead. I'll go now. ahead and shine some light on both of your points. Go ahead, bro. I think this thing can all be simplified. Man. We're missing our franchise quarterback. He's not just our quarterback, I man. He was the leader of this team. Remember when people said Cam Newton couldn't be a leader? <laughs> do y'all remember that? Yeah, I remember that BS. Bro. Yeah, man. Come on, bro. His competitive nature is contagious. Yeah. When yeah. you knock him down, like he's been knocked down by the fan base and by the media, how does he always come back? And that's something that we've been missing because nobody else does that. Nobody else comes back when he gets knocked down. We just lay down and blame other people, Mr. Dante Jackson. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So. Mm. We need to have Cam back. That's that's just really what it is. He's not just the quarterback. I know quarterback is the most important position on the team, but he's more than just that. He's our he swag. He, he's our confidence. Mm -hmm. I can imagine, you know, some of these games that we've lost, it would have been a different kind of story if Cam was just there. Just there. Not saying he was going to play perfect, but him just being there. Like, I'm sitting as a fan. When I watch the TV and see us play, his attitude motivates me as a man going into regular everyday life. So I think that's a big – I think to simplify all of this mess that we're dealing with, it's just the fact that we don't have our quarterback. He's more than just a guy that takes a snap and throws the ball and hands it off. Yeah. He's really – the team has been built around him. Mm -hmm. For the last nine years, it's been built around him. So that's what that – that's really what we're missing. But to address the young lady's question, man, honestly – I have to agree with her. I wish I wish I had her Twitter handle. I wish I had her IG because she's the type of fan that I can relate to. Word. She's questioning things that I question every day, like Word. the offensive coordinator. Yeah. I'm not against North Turner, but <laughs> like she said, he's the one giving the play to Kyle Allen and his job is to execute it. Mm -hmm. When you've seen Scott take over, we only put up 10 points, but we've seen things that I wanted to see. He made an effort to get Curtis Samuel more involved in the game plan. Mm -hmm. When you realize you look at your offense, Christian McCaffrey is not the only explosive playmaker you have. You actually have three of them. 
and only two of them have been featured. Mm-hmm. I applaud Scott Turner for trying to feature all three of his explosive playmakers in the offense. Right. That was a major change that I saw. So I'm with her 100%. One thing I will say, though, is I think that her her frustration is misguided. It's not just on coaching. All of these issues, like I said earlier, it falls in the front office. Mm-hmm. Not saying that Ron's message didn't get stale, because I agree with Greg. It got stale, and that's why he got fired. But when you look at the core of the problems, it goes to the front office to me. You have the highest paid defensive line in football. Yes, you are getting to the quarterback. You are getting sacks. But you can't keep your linebackers clean. You spent a ton of money to bring in Paradis, and you spent a ton of money to bring back Darrell Williams. That money invested was into two of the worst offensive linemen in football. They're two of the worst, them two alone. They're two of the worst offensive linemen in football. And you spent the most of your money on the offensive line on them. So I got a point at not the coaching staff. I'm pointing at I'm pointing at the front office. That's really what it is. So yeah, we, we, we need to move on from Ron because we need to change. We everybody needs to change the scenery. When you look at the core problems with this team, it falls in the front office. Ten years ago you drafted Jimmy Clausen. The very next year you drafted Cam Newton. You spent two day one picks. Well, day day one and two. You spent two, whether it was a first round or second round pick, you spent two in the same position. That set your franchise back. And the way it's trending, you might end up doing the same thing again if you don't keep Cam Newton. Man. So <laughs> I'm putting that the front office. All the frustration that this young lady has is not towards the coaching staff for me. Mm. It's not towards the players. Mm. It's all towards the front office. Mm. I'm going to support everybody employed by the Carolina Panthers. But at the end of the day, our core issues is within that. So if, if Tepper wants to address something, you want to bring in your own people, you better improve my front office, buddy. For real. You, you mean re- replacing the, the best college talent scout in the world? Are you serious? He, yeah, he said that that's the best. He said that's <laughs> one of the best odds for talent in the country. In the country? Yet, yet, it seems like you're hiring a new kick returner every week. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Isn't that some I mean, that, shit? It, just, it blows my mind. It really does blow my mind. And there's so many things I can say positive about Tepper. I don't want to just throw him under the bus. Bringing in Gerald McCoy was a good a good move. True. Bruce Irvin. Not making the same cap mistake that you made before, it shows improvement. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, there's still core issues within our within this team that falls on the GM. So what can we do to improve that? Mm. All right. Um oh go ahead, Cornado. Oh no, you you go ahead. You're good. Oh yeah. Um yeah as far as you know the whole front office thing, I mean it's spot on. You know, if we're if we're Really going to replace the mediocrity is is it's got to be a thorough sweep, man. Uh, you know we're you know we was all excited in the off season because we felt like Herney had learned his lessons from his previous skinhead GM and seemed to be getting you know better players and things like that to uh, complement around you know Cam and Luke. But you know at the end of the day, you know the the, the roster, particularly the bottom half of the roster, is leaves much to be desired. 
And I know there's low expectations of players pick after the third round. But, man, you know, when I'm watching other teams play right now and when I'm seeing that some of their star or most solid conductor players are players that were drafted on day three, Saturday, I mean, it's just, you know, mind-blowing to think that, you know, we was in position to possibly get some of these players. But, you know, in, in the words of Tepper in quotations, Martin Hearn is one of the best evaluators of talent out there. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case. Yeah, tell him. How come all-pro, first-team all-pro tight end George Kittle of the San Francisco 49ers was a fifth-round pick in 2017? Uh, uh. How does an all-pro caliber player not get picked up on a little bit earlier than that? I mean... I mean, obviously, you know, being out there with uh, Kyle Shanahan, who is a offensive mastermind, uh, as you guys can see, you know, as we saw, as we saw firsthand <laughs> at that massacre by the Bay, mm. but... You know, we 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 just gotta we just gotta be more solid and consistent, man. And this is something that's just been haunting our franchise for so long. It's just mediocrity, not only fun play on the field, but we've been mediocre in the front office. We hit on early. Oh, go ahead. Hey, Ken, let me just add to your point. I'm gonna let you finish because you brought up a, a good thing. Our job is to educate, right? Right. You just brought up Kittle, a tight end, right? Yeah. Right. And you brought up how we're not capitalizing on day two and day three picks, right? Mm. Right. We all knew that tight end was a point of emphasis. Mm. That's why we drafted Ian Thomas, right? Mm. Right. You traded up. You traded up for your third round pick. I feel like day one through. I feel like round one through three, you can find day one starters in. True. I know y'all all agree with me. Yeah, absolutely. But you traded up for a day one starter, which is round three, for Rashawn Golden. Do you know who went right after him? The very next pick? Who? I'm not sure who. His name is Mark Andrews. Tight end. Uh, Are you serious? He's about to make a Pro Bowl. Wow. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. Wow. You you can go out and find your head coach. But listen, bro. Wow. It comes down to your front office. But That's best player available said Rashad Golden, man. Oh, <laughs> That's on point because he knows she, she know there's a problem. She just can't identify it. She, but she when right, you though. trade up, that means you have confidence, especially in the third round, that you're about to go get a guy that's going to help your team right away. And this cat is not even on the squad anymore. He's not even on the team. He's on his couch, and he, and he cleared waivers. Nobody else wants him right now. I wonder why. But the very pick after him, Went Mark Andrews, Pro a tight Bowl. end. Pro Bowl. The reason I know that you wanted to, you wanted the tight end is because the round after that, you selected Ian Thomas. Not saying that's a bad pick, but you traded up. That means you knew you was going to be aggressive and get something that you needed, and you passed on Mark Andrews for Rashawn Golden. Or hey, or an offensive that, line. That's why. That's that's why I'm not saying that Ron firing was a bad option. I don't think it was a bad decision. But when you're trying to, as an owner, you're trying to make your team better, you have to be able to identify the core of the problem. And to be brutally honest, it hasn't been identified, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, that big nickel, you know, was a, was a definitely must-have at the third round. So, you know, who needs a, a tight end to, you know, ease away from the Greg Olson era when you can have a, you know, a big nickel project 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, right. man, my God, I mean, you you brought up a very, very valid point, man. It's it's like, you know, I, I just want Tepper to get his own eyes in there, man. We need a fresh set of eyes to, to you know, be able to be able to identify, you know, obvious talent and have a coach that can take whatever talent we have and put together a scheme that allows everybody to excel because I'm seeing it done on so many different levels. You know, let's, let's quickly mention about the Baltimore Ravens in one off season, they changed their entire offensive philosophy to feature their best offensive player, which is Lamar Jackson. And we're seeing what's happening. That's the type of analytics and, you know, you know, balls to you know make the right moves because you got a lot of coaches and offense coordinators with such egos about their playbook and their calling that well no this is what I put so many years in doing and gosh on it we got to make it work mm. nah damn that you know Jim Harbaugh was is Jim or John John Harbaugh John. I'm sorry mm. John Harbaugh was like look Lamar Jackson gonna be our quarterback what is it gonna take for us to succeed and we're seeing it if I'm not mistaken don't they have like the number one offense in football right now. I believe so. Yeah, so we're talking about, you know, the ability to, you know, adjust your scheme to your talent instead of trying to adjust your talent to your scheme. You know, get the best players that are available within reach and, you know, show us as fans that you got the ability, you know, to make this work. And, yeah, man, it's, yeah, we, uh, we're, we're mediocre, and just as mediocre in the front office, as we are on the field, and that's why this franchise has is the only franchise out of thirty-two teams. And I said this last podcast that doesn't have back-to-back winning season, man. I mean, it's you know, uh, I am Genesis One, which is our IG handle. You're 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 spot on with that. Good job. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's um, yeah, <laughs> that's where it is. Hey, up. Tim, take this quotable real quick, man. Make sure you put this on the four-man rush IG. All right. We got an owner that we have all the confidence in, right? Mm-hmm. You didn't address the core of the problem. You went and just did what anybody else would do. Oh, let me get rid of my let me get rid of my coach. Mm-hmm. The core of the problem was our GM. Yeah, I'm not just I'm not at Kurt, I'm not at Hernie's head. I'm just looking at all the issues that everybody has that four man rush has that Genesis has that a lot of the fans I speak to from day to day have. It all points to your roster. It don't point to the coaching. The reason why we couldn't stop the run is because Ron was trying to adjust his philosophy yes. around the talent that he had. Yes. He shouldn't have to do that. No. We got aggressive and traded up for a big nickel. We're going to have a whole new coaching staff that might not even use a big nickel. Mm-hmm. But a Pro Bowl tight end? A Pro Bowl tight end fits in every scheme that people are running these days. But you traded up for Rashawn Golden. Jeez. And I had all the questions in the world. He ran a 4 7 He was slow. All I seen was him play nickel at Tennessee, but you dropped him to be a safety? Come on, bro. Mm. Like, <laughs> oh, man. Hey. It is so obvious what the problem is. So although we're supposed to have so much confidence in our in our owner, you didn't address what I thought the problem was. That's just my opinion. I thought the problem was the problem was our person uh, was our GM. You got rid of the coach. Well, that's just what I'm that's just my problem. Like I know we, we're happy to have a new innovative owner, but what Jerry Richardson did, if you think back to 2013, 
he saw something in Ron. He didn't just get rid of Ron. He knew that he, Ron had a had a vision, and he supported it. He mm-hmm. got rid of the the damn GM. Mm-hmm. So, when it come down to, we done got rid of Ron. We done lost one of the best coaches in the league. Please don't disappoint me more and bring in the wrong coach. That's all I'm asking, Temper. Mm. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk. We'll talk about um, potential coaches. I guess I guess we'll talk about that next next podcast, and we might even wait till the end of the season. Be honest with you, because we're not going to hire anybody right now. Um, but we do have a game on Sunday. Um, we got to play them Seattle Seahawks and Panther fans. You know how that goes. There's a lot of bad blood between us and the Seahawks, man. Yep, we got Bruce Irvin on this team now. Um, so I mean, it's uh, <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. That's for, that's for darn sure. Um, so, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's chit chat about, about the, uh, about the Seahawks coming, um, coming to OB of A and, uh, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wrap it up from there. Uh, Kenny, what do you see in the Seahawks and, um, do we have a chance? Well, let me give you a fun fact The three times, well, actually three of the first games that I went to were against the Seattle Seahawks. And huh. guess what our record was against those three times I went to that, those games. What's oh, that? and three. Oh, and three. Hmm. We lost all of those games. So guess what game I won't be going to this weekend. <laughs> I maybe, bet, maybe they'll have a chance if I don't go to the game. So I bet I'm, it I'm won't matter. Stay away from that. I bet but it won't matter. <laughs> it won't matter. <laughs> there you go. I'm, I'm going to stay away from it. Maybe we'll have a chance at that point. So that might be a key to victory. Um, one thing I have to say about this team, they're they're hotter than a firecracker right now, man. They, they won four out of their last five games. Two of them were against some really great teams, man. Minnesota Vikings, mm. and they won against the San Francisco 49ers on the road in that overtime win, a thrilling overtime yeah, it victory. Was crazy. Against, and, they, and they stole the tiebreaker with that one. There you go. So that 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 sums it up right there. What my man Larry just said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but one thing I know, I know a lot of people think that we don't have a iceberg's chance in hell this weekend. But there are some statistics that the fans need to know about Panther Nation. Um, for one, the Seahawks are allowing 387.3 yards per game, and they're also allowing 104 rushing yards per game as well. So, like I said, I'm not. Hmm. I know we can throw them out stats all day. That that's that's what we do. We re- do our research and we try to give you the best statistics possible to that's follow right. the game. But nope. if they're allowing 100 100 rushing yards per game. I think that might be good for Christian McCaffrey this weekend. So, you know, that might be something to look up to. Um, the one thing that's really killing us is it's just self-inflicted wounds, turnovers. Yes. And I think that if you take those turnovers away, that we could win some of these games. Now, I know what I said, that I don't see us winning games for the rest of the season. But that, that can change my mind if you stop shooting yourself in the damn foot. And <laughs> that has true. to start this weekend. That's true. So, uh, Russell Wilson... I mean, I'll point out some players. Obviously, Ballin. nothing left. There's nothing to be said about him. Russell Wilson is who he is. Ballin. He is who he's always. He's real, realistically the MVP right now. I mean, you 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 can point out Lamar Jackson, but you look at his statistics right now: twenty six touchdown passes and only five interceptions. Man, he he's he's right there, neck and neck. So that could be a possibility. You have Chris Carson, their running back, over a thousand yards rushing this season, mm. and then of course Tyler Lockett, who's been a thorn in our damn side every time we played him. So, every damn time. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's uh, we we usually play him tough for the most part, you know. I mean we we've got blown out by him, you know, one time I believe, you know, a few times, but it all goes back to protecting our house. 
I mean, are, are are they not embarrassed after losing five games in a row? Are they are they not at that point yet where they're tired of losing? When do you get tired of losing? I think that's the question that we all ask right now. And I think one to statistic with us is 18 turnovers in the last since week six, I think it is. 18 turnovers. That's right. Yep. So I, I, I mean, I keep going back to that, protecting the football and not shooting yourself in the foot. I, I got to keep going back to that. And I think that if we can do that this weekend, we might have a chance. We might have a chance. Hmm. But they, they got to show me, man. I mean, I, I keep saying this week after week after week after week. It gets old. You got to show me. I'm not going to give them a victory if they haven't shown me anything. And I can't do that this weekend. I'd love to see them win. I haven't seen them beat the Seahawks much <laughs> in person. If I were to go to the game this weekend, which I'm not going to do. <laughs> but we'll, we'll, we'll see, man. Um, I, I think it'd be a close game. If you want me to give me a Want me to give you a score right now? I'll probably say 31 to 21. I think we'll be competitive. I just don't think it'll be enough. I, I just don't see it happening, man. But I, mm-hmm. I don't see him get blown out. Mm-hmm. Shocker. But, man, <laughs> I, I think they'll they'll play with a little bit of fire this weekend, but it just won't be enough. 31-21, that's my final prediction. Russell Wilson is going to have a field day, man. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> what you think, Kev? <sighs> man, this is always a tough spot for me. You know, that fan of me want to always, you know, believe and win one for the Gipper and all this other stuff. But, man, reality didn't set in for me, man. I mean, like like Hernando said, man, I can come up with stats, too. I mean, I'm like, you know, let's, let's look at what happened this past um, Monday night, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, the Seahawks was at the Los Angeles Rams, a 7-5 Los Angeles Rams team at that. And they pretty much took Seattle behind the woodshed and, you know what I'm saying, and showed them who daddy was. You know, see the Seahawks, you know, with, with MVP caliber Russell Wilson at the helm, didn't score not one touchdown. The final score was 28-12. to You know, and I'm, I'm just, you know, looking over the numbers here. Russell Wilson was 22 out of 36. Uh, no touchdowns, one interception, 245 yards. I mean, you know, that's, you know, that's doing a, a damn good job on them. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, looking at their rushing game, um, you know, the Carson had 76 yards on 15 carries. So that's what, about five yards a pop. Mm. Uh, Wilson ran five times for 28 yards. Again, about five yards a pop. Now, they did lose uh, one of their key running backs for the season, Rashard Penny. Uh, he was um, with a uh, MCL, so he's done for. But, again, it, we've had several games where key players were missing and we still, you know what I'm saying, we still laid a damn egg. You know? But, again, man, I'm, a, I'm, I'm saying this now, but by the time I walk into the stadium – you know what I'm saying? That that passionate side of me gonna feel like, all right, we're gonna shock the world. You know, we're gonna you know what I'm saying, we're gonna we're gonna do something nobody expected. So until uh, reality changed that perspective <laughs> for me, that's the mind frame I'm gonna have when I wake up Sunday morning and make my way to Bank of America Stadium. But yeah, you know, this you know, the whole thing about traveling from West Coast to East Coast, one o'clock start time. Uh but you know, if Hey, you know, like Ronaldo said, if we're tired of losing and decided we just really, really want to just, you know, just show up. This, this would be the perfect opportunity. Um, but you know, until it happens, 
you know, I can't give them anything that they haven't earned either. So, you know, the opportunity is there, but something will take advantage of it. Larry? You know I don't want to talk football, man. Like, but I will. <laughs> Russell Wilson is one of the best in the game at, you know, maneuvering in the pocket. He can do it with his arm and his legs. We do have, you know, one of the stronger pass rushes in the league, so we should be able to stop him. But mm. I'm not very confident, man. I don't need to be confident. I need to be looking forward to April when we get ready for the draft at this point. But I want us to look at the matchups. You know, they did have a rookie that everybody was big on. I don't know his name. I can't think of his name, but he ran a 4 3 40. He was huge. I guess that's going to be who, who James Bradbury matches up on. He's looking for a new contract. But DK Metcalf out of uh, Ole Miss. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Ole Miss. Oh, yeah. yeah Mr. Mr. 2% body fat. Yeah. DK Metcalf. And also, we're going to look at a. Uh, Guy named Josh Josh Gordon that we passed up on to be hired. Oh yeah, they know, did pick up Josh. That week, is but... right. <laughs> oh my God, I'm about to get ate up. I kind of feel like I'm more so with with, with Canardo on this one. I do applaud Kevin because he's the most optimistic person I've ever met in my life. Word. You know, to find us some optimism here is a good thing. But um, am I wrong? Am I not? A, Am I a fair weather fan to say I hope we lose? <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to. <laughs> don't be. A, don't be one of them tankers, I wanna, man. I don't want to lose. I really don't. I'm. Not, I'm not trying to tank. I want to look for positive things to find in our roster. You know, going into the off season, but just being a realistic individual like I am, I don't see too much that we have aside from what Greg mentioned. They give up a lot of rushing yards, so Christian McCaffrey should have a big day. And I, that's really it. Maybe we can see some some of our offensive linemen that haven't seen the field. I want to see Larson. You know, I want to see what, what, what really he has to offer still. Mm-hmm. You're not going to tell even me if he... We don't, even if we don't win, just show me that we can improve in certain areas. That's what I'm looking forward to. I'm not going to talk about keys to the game. I'm just talking about what I'm looking for. Show me some way, shape, or form that we have something to build off of. And I'll leave it as that. Other than that, man, they're coming to Bank of America. Let's do something right. Let's protect our home field. I'm going to tell you right now, man, the keys to the game is don't turn the ball over and protect the quarterback. That's that's it. We haven't been able to do that for for almost four weeks now, especially protecting the quarterback. And what I don't understand is, I mean, we can't be the only people that sees Daryl Williams sucking ass at every position that he's put in on this season. Why can't we put Tyler Larson in at, at, at the guard spot? Why, why why can't we test that out? I don't, I don't understand that, to be honest with you. I mean, Will made a great point. He said when teams watch film on us, individually, they pick out guys that, they, that they're going to match up with. They yep. say, oh, he's soft. I'm going to beat him. Yep. And that's exactly and that's what happens. What, I can't argue with Will. That's really what it is. That's straight point. up. That's straight up. We saw that every time Every time Daryl was in. Uh, who, who was that? What, not only Beasley. Um, it was somebody, no, Tack McKinley. Tack McKinley, McKinley went on Twitter and said, this man is soft. He needs to do some bench press reps. He's weak. Yeah. He's not strong enough. Caps will follow like him around. He literally called him out and, just, and, and put him on blast. And I know the guy... Tore his knee all the way up, man. I was, 
the very first first the very first four man rush film breakdown was by me. I broke down second team All Pro Daryl Williams. Mm-hmm. Two years later, man, he's not that guy anymore. No, and I I've accepted it. He's just not that mm-hmm. guy. So he might not, he might not ever be back to that position, man. Probably just... probably probably not. There's an interesting interesting stat that uh, Pro Football Outsiders put out. The difference between a first-team All-Pro lineman and a guy that plays one to four years in the league is a difference of about five snaps per hundred snaps. Jesus. You miss five blocks in a hundred snaps, that can get you out of the league. Oof. And if you make those blocks, you can end up being a pro bowl. So mm-hmm. we're just at a point where we look where we go down the line and we look at Daryl Williams, Matt Paradis, even Taylor Moten has struggled. We gotta do some soul searching. That's just where I'm at with it. We don't have the offensive line that's needed. I've talked about that previous episodes, probably about all of them. I just haven't gotten what I expect from the offensive line. I'll be completely outraged if we don't address it within rounds one through three this upcoming season. They better not bring back <laughs> I was gonna say, nah, they better not bring back Cam and not address that O line, bro. They better not do that. It shit. has to be addressed. It and, has and to then I, I gotta I gotta toot Genesis's horn. It has to. I gotta toot her horn because when when it comes down to day one the day one and two picks. Yep. You you've been trading up for everything that you wanted. Your second round pick was Greg Little, who's had a concussion problem. Mm. And the reason why that I, I got the play, so just let me let the fans know. I'll post this on the Four Man Rush Instagram or the Facebook. Yeah. The first particular play that comes to mind that actually got Greg Little to have a concussion, he was soft on that play. Tampa. And that's what every that's what everybody's accusing us of. Oh, we play soft. It was the softest effort I ever seen. We were playing against the Texans. Texans. Okay. And a guy just straight up punched him in the mouth. Oh, that punch. one. <laughs> so. <laughs> hey, folks, go go look at that. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that play was in the is in the highlights or not. No, Man. it's not. I'll make sure I post it when we're done recording because people got to see this. Bro, he, anyway. got, he got thrown like a rag doll, bro. That was, a, that was, that was just a club he, move. Just, he got destroyed and it, boom. It, it ended up destroying the whole play. Yeah. When it comes down to it. You moved up to get Greg Little in the second round. <laughs> and he's a project. <laughs> the past two years, you traded up for two projects. Oh I'm my done, God, bro. bro! It was the same thing with it was the same thing with with, with Gentleman. He fixed the cat, but he traded up for Devin for uh, Devin Funches. Yeah, man. Who's not on the team anymore? Not even here. Not even here. Why we can't just why we can't just evaluate, send our scouts to the right place, and just select. The right players, day one and day two. I don't get it. Mm, God almighty. Best scout collegiate talent in the world. You know, uh, Larry, just to go off your point, you know, about uh, what Tap McKinley said, I had the honor of just looking up here. Tap McKinley on the season only has three and a half sacks. Guess how many of those three and a half sacks came against the Panthers? <laughs> Three of the three and a half have came against the Panthers. So for him to be talking all that smack, oh my god! Uh, 
I mean, you know, okay, you won, you swept us. Okay, I get that part. But, bruh, I mean, mm. he had five tackles against us this past Sunday. That's a season high for him. Because you look down the stat line, all I see is ones and twos. Wow. As far as tackles. Like, this dude is just – so, you know, like like Larry was saying before, each time we play the Falcons, if we let guys like Tap McKinley and, and Vic Beasley – uh, go off against us. I mean, we're just, we're just, we're just, we're just a mess. Uh, same thing with Vic Beasley. He's got six sacks on the season. Guess how many came against the Carolina Panthers? Four. Close three. Uh, he had two Sunday, and uh, but he also had two forced fumbles. Uh, Shouts out to Cal Allen for them, you know, and to Vic Beasley's stat line. Probably mm-hmm. get him an extension. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he had one against us when they came to Charlotte back in um in November. So guys who have struggled have been just when they play us, they've just been eaten. Mm-hmm. Has anybody heard anything from Bucks linebacker Shane Barrett since uh since we uh <laughs> he played us uh early in uh, week two on the Thursday night game? Not a peep. You know, so yeah, we letting we letting guys that shouldn't even be mentioned become mentionable, and they and they feeling cocky and full of themselves, mm. you know, right now. But and it's mm. uh, yeah, the, the, it's the struggle, man. It's the struggle. Yeah, folks, get ready for another L on Sunday. I'm afraid Russell Wilson don't play no games. Jesus Christ, they got a thousand yard rush on that team. Yeah, we're in trouble. Right, how's it go, Kevin? It's going to be trouble, trouble. <laughs> so, I mean, hey, if you got tickets to the game, go to the game. It's an experience. You know, you get a chance to go down there, hang out with some more Panther fans, tailgate with the right, whatever. Have fun. But but uh, lower your expectations, folks. Just saying. Yeah, because yeah, cause tickets, I checked today because I know Carnado was asking about it, were uh, $32. Yeah. So on, on- – on Ticketmaster.com, so that's what the uh, that's what the price of the tickets were. There you go, folks. And yeah. and looking ahead, cause the news is on in front of me. This the weather for sunny Sunday is going to be sunny, high sixty, low of forty. Oh, you know that's a pretty decent you know December Perfect. day for football. Perfect football. Weather. So yeah, so you know, hey, come on out. Yeah, man, support your team, hey, man. I, I don't want to get on my show tonight, but listen, Uh-oh. if you're looking to make a Pro Bowl. If you're looking to get a contract extension, <laughs> if you're tired of your if you're tired of your coach not putting you on the field when he's supposed to, <laughs> come, come to BOA. Come to Bank of America. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. I like that one. Yo, he didn't go source awards on <laughs> Hey, that was good. That was good, Larry. That was good. Now, but all real though, yeah, if you want to go in the Pro Bowl and you're a defensive lineman, come on down to Bank of America. We got something for you. God almighty. Shit. We even give you a gift card to Bojangles after the game. Whatever. For one dollar, because that's what mine was when I got mine at the last game. One damn dollar. One damn I'm like, y'all won't give me y'all I can't y'all won't give me no win. I can't what am I gonna do with a dollar? <laughs> How much is one rib? <laughs> I mean. Come on, man. Oh gosh. All right. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up, folks. <sighs> oh man. We really didn't see this coming. 
Well, I was listening to the old podcast uh, the, uh, going into um, uh, the preseason. <laughs> we sounded so optimistic. And then boom, crash, splash. It's a whole nother world now, man. Hey, you never know what's going to happen in life, folks. Take advantage of your opportunities. Yeah, Tim, this is the classic example of looking good on paper, but looking like shit on the field. Amen. I mean, prime example. Prime example. Hey, you guys remember you guys remember the Los Angeles Lakers when they had Carl Malone and Gary Payton? They put they put together a squad. Didn't win a goddamn thing. Didn't win shit. And this is what we got. God almighty. Anyway. The Rams did the same thing, but at least they got to the Super Bowl. At least they got there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. At least they got there. They damn near won it. Oh, well. These things happen, folks. These things happen. But, you know, as the great Sam Mills said, we will keep pounding. You can count on that. Pounding what? I don't know, but we're going to keep pounding. It's going to be all right. So, Thanks again, folks, for uh, checking out the Four Man Rush podcast. Um, I hope we keep your spirits up um, through this tumultuous (laughs) ending of the season here. Um, On behalf of uh, Kevin and Kenneth and Larry and Will and Kennard, it's not Kennard, I'm sorry, but I already said your name. (laughs) Um, Norris and Jadarius and the uh, rest of the Four Man Rush crew, we'd like to really thank you guys for real. Um, and again, if you have questions, send them via email. You can uh, message us or DM us on uh, Instagram or Facebook or whatnot, and we'll collaborate your questions and uh, we'll, we'll we'll put them, put them together on here on the, on, the, on the podcast and give you a shout out and all that good stuff. And uh, good, big big shout out to uh, Miss Genesis on the, on the Instagram. Great questions, great insight, man. That's um, that's that's the type of stuff we like to hear right there and talk about for that matter. But again, thanks, guys. Um, hope you have a, a, a great morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you listen to this podcast. Um, be sure to check us check us out on all the uh, social media platforms and our website at the4manrush.com. This is Timmy V.O. Giving you guys a good night. And as always, keep pounding. I'm right, clear, fellas. So, boy. <laughs> that was some funny shit, Larry. <laughs> Yo, dead ass, bro. Like you, come on down to B of A. You want to make a Pro Bowl, bro? Just play the Panthers. You good? That's it. That's it. That, yeah, I love that. That <laughs> <laughs> was funny, boy. Mm-hmm. I wish it was a lie. <laughs> I wish it was a damn lie. No lies detected. Yeah, yeah, none. Zero, zip, zip. None. Zero. She love it, we out in public and we can just chill with my partners and we can go back to my crib and just chill the covers and do we me The Foreman Rush is brought to you by the love and respect of and for the Carolina Panthers and Carolina Panther fans everywhere. Keep pounding. The Four Man Rush is a non-affiliate of the Carolina Panther organization. All thoughts, assessments, and content of this podcast is directly related to the Four Man Rush exclusively. Thank you.